Welcome to the Take Time Podcast. I'm your host, Maeve, and joining me today is the lovely Barbara George. Woo! Hey, guys! <laughs> so, myself and Barbara met in college in IT Kylo way back when, um, and Barbara is now a broadcast journalist. She's also an amazing writer and public speaker, so we are in very good company today. Um, thank you so much for joining me, Barbara. Thank you for having me on this. Oh my God, I'm really nervous, but I'm excited, and hopefully we'll... Like I said, it's all about a uh, conversational chat and just to get people more aware of the topics. Exactly, exactly. So myself and Barbara are going to talk about racism today and white privilege, which I think it's quite obvious why we're talking about that at the moment. Um, the Black Lives Matter movement has been so important for so long, but it's obviously getting huge coverage at the moment, um, and rightly so, but it's kind of sparked off a conversation here. And I was so glad that Barbara was willing to join me today. So I suppose to kind of start off, Barbara, I just kind of want to ask you like how you are. So like, how are you, how are you doing and how are you feeling at the moment with everything that's going on? It's definitely like an overwhelming feeling. Like um, over the past week, there's been a like, lot of information and um, like just obviously brushing up my knowledge as well as other people's knowledge. And um, like the Black Lives Movement, it's definitely like an empowering feeling. But I definitely feel like going looking back you start to realize all the little um kind of like racism things that you'd let slide or as a child and it does make you sad inside and like I've had I've had moments where I'm like okay I just need to like take a step back take a deep breath and kind of like regain composure again so it has been a very very intense past couple of weeks but I'm all for the movement like I said it's all about empowering and just raising awareness to show that like a man was murdered um, just as should be served and it wasn't really served because of the colour of his skin. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important to mention um, George Floyd and mention him now, both him who lost his, you know, lost his life at the hands of a white police officer and he is one of many people, black people who have, who have lost their lives um, at, the, at the hands of white police officers. So you know, I just want to take a moment to say may he rest in peace and that he's in all of our and all of our minds at the moment. Um, so I think that's really important to say. So Barbara, as you said, you're kind of looking back and reflecting now on things maybe that you had let slide or you kind of, you're even realizing now that they were so much worse than you kind of might've noticed at the time. If you're comfortable, is there anything that you would be happy to kind of share with us to, to about, about that? I think kind of going back to when I was like, like really young, like going back to like primary school days or um, there'd be like situations where you're in the classroom and fair enough, you're the only black person because where I'm from is like a small town. There wasn't that many black people in my class. I was the only black person, which is fine. And even um, the sort of thing of like, okay, guys, we're going to draw a picture of yourself. And I would be too embarrassed to pick like the um, black or the brown like crayon or coloring pencil because you didn't want someone to be like oh why are you doing that or you know to like make like make a joke out of it or oh haha you can't see your eyes and just little things like that and then when you when you realize that like you're six or seven and like you don't want to stand out like that's like it's so hurtful and then I'd I'd make sure I would draw myself 
in like a really light shade of brown so everyone wouldn't question that you could like like see my eyes and stuff and even just like reliving like those moments is like you know like traumatic you know in a sense and even I was saying like even in secondary school or some boy would be like oh George 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 of the jungle you know just kind of comparing yourself to like a monkey or that's heartbreaking to even hear that from you you know what I mean and just because like we're um like black just because we're like like I was telling all my friends like we're the same inside it's just like our color is different and kind of people put you on a they put them like they make you feel inferior um to them and my mom was even saying like her like cars have been egged I've heard of other black people saying their houses were burnt like actually burned in the estate because they didn't want black people living near them and it's all these kind of things that you don't really talk about but you just know that within the black community they happen and you just have to kind of let it slide and let go like yeah you can report it but they're not really going to do much about it yeah and I think like it's shocking and it's but it's so important for people to hear that because you know we, we are hearing from some people in Ireland that this is an America problem and that this is not you know an Irish problem but like you're literally giving me examples right there of acts of violence towards you your family and your friends because of your race and like it is our problem and I mean you know, that's what gets to me. Even if we, if we, okay, we don't have like police brutality here, but we have other types of racism, but it's also like, it, it's not an America problem. It's a humanity problem. Like it's like, we are human. This is like, if, if seeing the videos of George Floyd and so, countless other people hasn't shook you to your core, you know, no matter your race, you really need to look at that and question yourself. It's like, this should be getting at everyone's hearts and making everyone want to speak out. It's definitely like a global issue because even I, I always say that it, the whole thing of this whole like Black Lives Movement is to not be, it's not that you're not racist, is to be anti-racist. And what the whole meaning of anti-racism is, is that you don't let the passive racism slide. I remember when I was seven years old and I wanted to play with these group of girls and they said, no, go away, Cocoa Pops. And it wasn't, it was because of the two friends I was with that said, no, Barbara, that's not right. You need to go let that teacher know. And I was too scared to go up to the teacher and they got the teacher to come over. Um, and she was like, what happened? I told her. And she was, she went over to the girls and say, no, you can't, you can't say things like that. And Barbara, you are allowed to play with them. Don't let them tell you that you can't play with them. But it wasn't for the two girls beside me saying, no, that's not right. You can't, you can't do that. And I feel like now it's really 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 important to like let children know that there is diversity in our community um especially with like you know even with books showing them that there's um books that have like black children black families and even like tv shows or cartoons like doc mcstuffins to really raise the awareness that there is diversity there's a thing i was watching on youtube called the doll test and it's these two children and they have a black doll and a white doll and the person is questioning them saying, oh, which doll is the ugly doll? And these children are black children and white children. And they say, oh, the black doll is the ugly doll. Why? Because she's black. Which doll is the pretty doll? Which doll is the nice doll? And everyone's like, oh, it's the white doll. And I definitely feel like children are a reflection of us and our society. And it really starts from the bottom up. I know everyone's going to say like, oh, but with the older generation, you can't, you can't change their perception yeah okay fair enough we can't change the perception but we are the ones that need to 
we need to make a stand and show them that no this isn't right as well you're just flooring me with this like First of all, like, I think it's amazing that you had two, two white friends at seven who, well, it shouldn't be amazing that they supported you like that, but that is proper, you know, they're proper allies. And like, you know, that makes me, my heart warmer, but I shouldn't be surprised by that. That should be human nature and that should be normal. And I kind of, I'm kind of sick of like white people saying that we can't change the older generation because I kind of think that's bullshit. Like, I think we proved that wrong with the marriage equality referendum and with the repeal the AIDS referendum, because, you know, particularly um, the marriage equality referendum, because it wasn't that tight of a vote. And I think, you know, we, we had to have our older generation out voting for that. So it's like, it's hard to change their perception. But like, if you work hard enough, you can. And it's like, maybe we just haven't been, as white people haven't been committed enough to talking to our older generation and we need to put more work in there, you know? But yeah, the idea of being you know actively anti-racism versus just not being a racist like I, I suppose I would have considered myself I guess I considered myself to be so socially aware and so conscious of everyone and inclusive but like I have had to check myself and I have like I'm really shocked at myself at the la- you know at, at how little I've been doing really and it's been a real wake-up call and I think we can all do more and it's like to lean into that now that it's like it's not enough to just say that you're not racist like you need to be an ally and you need to stand by our black communities and our black friends and colleagues um but i think you know i i i don't know what it is i don't know if it's it's an irish thing but there's definitely been the idea of trying to pretend that race just isn't a thing at all and it's like uh, and actually um Amanda Ade said it in her, I think it was, I don't know if it was her video or if it was in her podcast I listened to recently, but she was talking about her like, that's a nice sentiment, but like, it's not helping us by, by saying you don't see color and you're just actually shying away from the problem and trying to, and it's also like belittling the issues for black people. Now I think people are kind of waking up to realizing that not having the conversation has been the most damaging thing. Exactly. It's definitely like an internal reflection that a lot of people will have to do and like we were um like racism i think everyone just thought it was like it's such a taboo subject like oh my god like i'm not racist like i have black friends and oh my god like i would never stand for that like i would never tell anyone to go back to their own country like we just think of racism as an extreme you're either racist or you're not but it definitely is like a linear scale and yeah okay we have people telling and people to go back to their own country which is horrific and people calling you monkeys but that is like the um the active racism but then we have like the passive the microaggressions the little things like when you're with like a group of friends on like a night out and someone i don't know saying like the n-word in a rap song like no one everyone kind of just was like oh we'll pretend we didn't hear that you know like little little things like i remember i was where i've been working in in retail and someone's like oh where are you from no where are you really really from and i have colleagues that'll just be like pretend they didn't hear that as well Someone tells yeah. you like, oh, you're really exotic. We just kind of let things like, even like I was saying in primary school when the guy is singing George or George of the Jungle, I had, I had my friend there, but we kind of just laugh it off or it's too awkward to say anything. And like, we know what's wrong, but now is, um, now is the time to really speak out. And I feel like a lot of people now with this whole Black Lives Movement, they're getting the courage and um, the confidence to actually say, actually, no, I, I shouldn't say that. And I was a bit hesitant on some of the stuff to be like, oh, I don't want people to feel like we're, um, we're PCing, like saying, oh, you can't say what you want. But at the, 
end of the day, if it's racist, if it's a racist remark, you shouldn't be saying it, period. Yeah. And like, that's the other thing. It's like, people are so, like, have an issue with being corrected. It's like, they see, like, it seems to have been a thing of like, oh, well, if I say nothing, then I can't say the wrong thing. And I, I, that's wrong, but I do get that. I, like, I've been guilty of that myself. Like, I have to say, even tonight, I'm, you know, I am nervous of saying the wrong thing. But, but like, I am open to being corrected. Like, if I say the wrong thing, you know, correct me and I will take that on board and learn from that. You know, I, that's, that's what I would say to people. Like, don't be afraid to be corrected and just be prepared for that and be prepared to say, I got that wrong and now I'm learning. Like, even that was the kind of came to mind for me yesterday. So I suppose for context for people, we're recording this on Wednesday, the 3rd of June. And yesterday was Tuesday the 2nd. Um, and we saw a kind of big movement on social media which was Blackout Tuesday and it was, it was started by the music industry and the idea was for white people to, to kind of go silent for the day other than to support Black Lives Matter and to also make way for, you know, black artists, black creators and, you know, for their content as well. Not just the, you know, the movement and the, the horrific things that are going on in the world right now, but the positives. But I suppose what started off as a nice sentiment, you know, kind of went a different way and like I posted, you know, sorry. So to clarify, people were posting like black tiles to their Instagram grids. Um, and I posted it yesterday morning. And then like, obviously I was constantly like researching and reading for the whole day. And by, you know, by halfway through the day, I realized that actually, you know, a lot of black people that I follow were that the messages that were coming through were saying that this is actually put a media blackout that stopped the coverage on the movement. And it was actually doing more harm than good. And I, I deleted it then, but I took that on board and it was like, okay, our heart was in the right place. It was nice sentiment. But my worry is that people who, white people who have not been vocal before now, who did that, posted that yesterday, and they're now being told it was the wrong thing to do, that their kind of thought then will be, oh, well, look, I can't do anything right. So again, I'll go back to doing nothing. And it's like, well, no, just take that on board. We got it wrong. We're learning from that and still do more. Exactly. The main thing that, like everyone took away from yesterday it was like I said it was all about like educating yourself and if someone calls you out like like Amanda was even saying in a video listen to try and understand don't listen to respond and I remember I had to call out like an influencer recently just in one of her videos she was like oh like I came back from a run and my hair is like an afro and even though it might seem like such a small thing but to me watching her it was kind of like what like there's this whole big thing about like black people and their hair and like how if you go into a job with like an afro hair you're less likely to be higher than if you had like straight silky hair and fair enough she might not have meant anything by that but I even just messaged her and I told her and she was like oh my god I'm so sorry like I know even though that's not what I meant but whether it was what I meant or it wasn't like I shouldn't have said that and I'll know that going forward and if you think that there's anything else I should be posting on my Instagram let me know so I think it's all about like reading up on the history because I feel like that's not really taught in schools either mm -hmm. and with the whole pe if people are afraid to say something or to say to not say anything that's almost worse because um silence oh, uh, there's a phrase um basically um meant that like if you don't say anything you're on the side of the oppressor yes and that's it it's like because i have seen that with influences at the moment like um oh god i could go down a rabbit hole of it but it's like you just like, it's like they need to be ready to have the conversation online, not just post a black tile to their feed or, you know, 
they, they need, everyone has been saying like they need to do more and that's obvious. Be open to the conversation. So being like that influencer that you're referencing, like she was open to, she took the correction and she learned something and that's great. And it's like, and as you said, like, it's like do research. And I'm like, that's, I'm out here. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to educate myself. And it's like, and actually that's something I'm really conscious of. Like, I so appreciate you joining me today. And it's like, I am aware that it's not your responsibility to educate me or to educate any white person about black history and about what's going on and about, you know, the prejudice that you face every day. Like that's our responsibility now. Like you guys have been fighting this battle for so long. Like we need to pick up the slack here. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, we need to start doing our part. And I suppose I kind of debated what to do myself. Like I know, as I, as I said to you, like I've been working on this podcast for a while and I had some episodes pre-recorded and one was to go out this week. And I just, I couldn't, it just, I, I just couldn't talk about anything other than racism and what's going on right now. Like it just didn't sit right with me. And then I also felt like, well, what gives me the right to talk about, you know, the heart, like the hardship that you, that you as a black person have gone through when I have never experienced that. So I really battled with that in my head and like, I really appreciate you you coming and, and, and speaking with me. And it's like, I suppose the point I'm trying to get at is like, it, it's a, it's a difficult line to, to follow in terms of like white people's voices have been heard enough. But at the same time, we need to speak out on, on behalf of our black friends and colleagues now. So it's a fine line and it's hard to navigate, but that's the point. This is not supposed to be easy. You know, we as white people are supposed to feel uncomfortable right now. And we're supposed to feel the guilt and the shame that we feel. And it's like, that's what I would say to, you know, any other white person listening. It's like, feel the guilt, feel the shame and lean into it. Like, don't run away from this conversation because of your discomfort. Because like, I can only imagine it's like not even marginally near the discomfort that black people, you know, feel on a regular basis at the hand of us and because of us. It's definitely like a shock because I was speaking to my friends and they said it was a shock to them. Like they didn't even understand what like the whole white privilege is until like obviously like we were saying like do you um until they researched it and they were like asking questions but i feel like they should like people or white people definitely shouldn't be afraid to ask questions like if you're close friends with like a black person and they don't mind sharing their experiences or like um because my friends were like oh but how can i say it like this or how can i say it like that like can i ask someone where they're from is that like a is that a taboo as well and it, it, it is it is awkward and it's going to be uncomfortable. But like you said, that's the whole point of this movement because every, like, every black person I know has felt uncomfortable almost every day with all these little things that people are doing to them without exactly. even realizing. And it's just about like acknowledging what's happening and having a voice to actually stick up and stand up because like everyone is saying, like, or like we're all trying to say, like, it's not, it's not a white versus black um, problem. It's like, everyone versus racist problem like we're not trying to segregate the two exactly I myself like really had to look inward and it's like hard to admit well it's not hard to admit your own white privilege because it's so obvious but like you want to it's hard to admit that like there is prejudice in society that has been embedded in us and ingrained in us for years and like whether we like it or not that's true and it's like the more we push against that and push against the fact that systemic racism exists the more time we're wasting avoiding making change. You moved from Ireland to the UK to do your master's and then you, you worked in the UK afterwards. So I guess I was just wondering, did you feel any difference between 
you know, you obviously grew up in Ireland and then moving to the UK. Did you feel any difference in terms of racism from one to the other or much of a muchness for you? I think it was very similar in terms of like, I am um, definitely in America. I feel like their racism is very like at the forefront, like quite extreme. And um, like Ireland, everyone is very opening and the UK as well, but it's definitely like the passive aggressive or passive racism that we were seeing before. Like obviously I did my um, master's in journalism and the majority of people in my class, maybe a group of 60, there's like four black people and one Asian person. And I know from, um, we'd be doing stories every week and there was one on knife crime and like um, it was always the black people that were insinuated to do the knife crime. I'm sorry, but I don't know really much about knife crime. I'm from Ireland. Like, I don't really, people didn't really get that correlation. Like, we don't really have a big issue with knife crime here. But everyone just be like, oh, you can do knife crime. I'm like, why? Hold on a second. You're just insinuating because I'm black. I know more about knife crime. But in, like, the working place, you definitely feel like when you walk in, um, like, people stare and they're like, oh, okay. Like, I wonder how she got here. Okay. Where else? I def- It's like the whole... The whole thing with the white privilege, like when you walk into a room and then there's like 10 other white people and there's one black person, it's like awkward. And I know some people might not see it, but like everyone else is staring. And there's this like um, perception that you have to live up to make sure that you're at the best of the best. So no one has like that awkward experience or that bad experience with the black person so that they're afraid to hire another black person. And those are things like people don't really like talk about. Like even when I talk about my friends, they were saying that I was saying that when you walk into like a makeup counter, like, yeah, you guys can find your foundation, but I can't find my skin shade. And it's just like the little things I feel like now people are starting to become aware of, like even in school. um, like I have a very English sounding name, Barbara George. So no one would even think that I was, that I was black, but I know for some of my other black friends, if their names like from their culture, the teachers would be, um they'd be like mispronouncing their names and some of the um some of the kids in the class would be laughing and obviously that's awkward for that student as well so I definitely think as a whole we definitely need to be mindful and I feel like now um because everyone's talking about this everyone hopefully will be mindful yeah it's like even as you said about like makeup tones and colors in um in shops like every day I am learning something new and like you think you go to bed at night and you like I've read so many articles and I think like like not that I know at all but I just don't think that there's going to be something I see the next day that shocks me or it takes me by surprise because I never considered it or because I didn't know and it's like but yet every day I see a new you know a new element of racism that like I hadn't even considered but something that I have definitely I suppose, considered over the last couple of days is who I follow online. I, I suppose I encourage people to look at their, who they're following on social media. Like if it's that you're into fashion, if you're into makeup, if you're into music, if you're into art, whatever it is, like, are you following influencers or, you know, content creators in the area that you enjoy who are black? Because like, why not? First of all, and if you're not, go do that now. Like, I have discovered so many, like I binge podcasts. I love them. I have discovered so many new podcasts in the last couple of days. And I'm like, it's, it's embarrassing that I'm only finding them like as a result of the movement, but I'm also so glad to have found them. Of course, we didn't know any of this if our echo chamber has been full of white people. Definitely. And I'm all about 100% like diversifying who you follow on Instagram or on Twitter. And if you're not following these people, ask yourself why. Is it the prejudice in you? 
is someone saying, oh, they're black, like what their content doesn't appeal to me. It's because if it is, then like we were saying, everyone needs to have an internal reflection with themselves and try and understand. But uh, even with all the, um, with the influencers as well, because I definitely think like um, the majority of people don't really follow black influencers like you were saying like you're just kind of opening your eyes to like that see that there is um a diverse range of black like podcast speakers and and um, beauty gurus and whatnot but with white influencers i don't think the majority of them realize that black people also follow them even though they might not follow like black influencers or realize that they have like like a black demographic as well and i That's feel like now everything they're becoming more aware to like when they're showing products as well, they're like, oh, this foundation is great. But unfortunately, it doesn't come in like a darker skin tone. Like maybe they could show like another option as well. Or even Absolutely. if it's just like makeup products that, yeah, they show up on lighter skin tones, but they might not show up on my skin tone. So I definitely think, and fair enough, it's not like the influencer's job. Well, to be honest, it is influencer's job to appeal to everyone because they have an audience, whether they believe it or not, like their audience is diverse and it is mixed. That's the culture that we live in today. Yeah. So yeah, definitely people are becoming more aware, but and they should be diversifying who they follow because that's that's what I was even saying with books with children. Um, I know one um girl that I went to school with. She's a preschool teacher, and she started buying um black books, black authored books that have black children in them, so that she can read them to her class. And even if there's like black kids in her class, they can see themselves in um the books as well so it's not like strange when they're saying like oh color in a picture of yourself you're like oh i'm i'm too shy to make myself brown even though i am brown you know and that like that's what we need to do it's like it's exactly as you said it's like you know children are a reflection of the generation ahead of them and it's like we have the time now and like actually amanda spoke about uh, which is something it was on her podcast it's something that i hadn't fully considered so she spoke about, I suppose, her personally and her being like the first generation, uh, you know, c- kind of the first generation of black people who have grown up in Ireland, you know what I mean? And she was making the point that we're not at the stage of, you know, outwardly, you know, racism that we have in the States, but like we could be and we need to catch that now. And I actually was like, I had not considered that. Like in my mind, racism is old school and we have come so far how could we you know we could we can only get better but I suppose you know the black communities are growing in Ireland so like now is the time to make sure that we don't have the kind of racism that we and the kind of violence that we have in the states 100% because even I remember even from like my school like secondary school days and yeah there was like a couple black people in it but the majority of people were white and um even with like the group like it, in a way it's like the school system or the people in the school kind of segregate everyone so I know that some of my black friends that I would have been friends with they would all kind of stick to themselves because certain white people didn't make them feel comfortable yeah or they'd be like laughing or skitching or oh I saw it. is that your cousin on the troker ad or is that do you people still oh, live in like just like really ignorant comments and obviously I can understand some people if they're like oh I don't want to be surrounded like that I don't want to be questioned every single day about like um where I'm from or where like my parents are from even though like I'm Irish I grew up in Ireland I definitely know how that's how some of like my other black friends would have felt but it is it is a difficult one because when you even go to like university as well like how many people are even going out with like a black person you know like it's very 
I remember when I went to the Debs, I ended up bringing this um this guy to Debs who happened to be white, and it was I, my friend said. Um, loads of people were asking her beforehand, oh, Barbara's bringing this guy to the depth called Tristan. Is he white or is he black? And stuff like that in secondary school shouldn't even be a thing. It should just be like a person, like you were saying, like we should, you should fair enough, like acknowledge my color, know that I'm black, but we shouldn't really see the distinction between white and black. At the end of the day, we're just human. And like, yeah, I get like, we should be acknowledging color, but at the same time, like questions like that are really yeah. But like that shows like the bias that's in in white people that they don't know because like no one would have asked me if I said I'm going to the Debs of Tristan. No one would have asked me if he was black or white. So why not about not addressing someone's race, but it's about like your assumption or your need to ask that question is the problem. And it's like if that it's like if you can't see that, it's like that's where you need to like look and learn, you know? Definitely. And I think nowadays Hopefully with this movement, because like we were saying, it's like the younger generation or our generation to change people's views. And hopefully this will, like, I know there's like a lot more diversity now in schools than it was like when I was in school or when like you were in school, but hopefully it does change because like, otherwise, like Amanda said, like we'll be heading in the wrong direction, but I don't, I, hopefully it won't happen. I definitely feel like there is a cultural um, shift now. Def- definitely people are becoming more aware of what's happening around them. Yeah. And like, I mean, there has been, you know, when there's a, a death, well, a murder in the States um, by a police officer, you know, when a black person is murdered by a police officer, there is always outrage and rightly so. But I think like there's just something different about this time. It's like, it just feels different. It just feels like the, like it has been enough is enough. And there is like just a bigger shift and a bigger conversation. I'm really glad that the conversation you know, in Ireland has gone that gone down the route of like questioning down to like really, really down to our roots, you know, about what we believe and, you know, making a conscious effort to change. It's like, it's, we're not, we're not supposed to be out here trying to prove that we're perfect. We're supposed to be out here showing and doing our best and showing that we're trying. And it's like the Maya Angelou quote comes to mind, like, you know, do your best until you know better and then do better. And it's like, that's what it's about. And like, if, if people can remember that, it's like, we're going to learn more and it's like lean into it and lean into the discomfort. Um, I guess one other thing I wanted to ask you about is, so you're talking about university and we obviously, we weren't in the same class. You were the, were you the year behind me in college? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and I think there was like maybe 28 or 30 of us in our class. And there was only two black women in our class and there was no one else in our class who wasn't white. And um, one of our lecturers used to ask any topic we were talking about. Um, I don't want to use anyone's anyone's names, obviously, but she would ask like the two girls, oh, from a, a black woman's perspective, like, what do you think about this? And what do you, you know, what's your opinion? And I suppose like, I, I, I can't decide if like, I, I obviously don't know how they felt about it. Look, we felt uncomfortable, but did we feel uncomfortable because of our white privilege and because our lecturer was identifying that there was, that we were different races or was it like, I, or, or, or maybe she did overdo it and asked at every opportune moment, you know, what the, asked the two girls to speak on behalf of the black community on a topic. So I wonder, did you experience that in college? And I suppose, where did it sit with you? I think more so if I was like in secondary school, you know, like with the teachers, if you're the only, they'd be like, oh, from your perspective, like they would never ever say like from a black person's perspective because that's the same 
at the end of the day, okay, yeah, everyone can see my color. Like we don't need to state the obvious here. Like that's completely unnecessary. But um, I definitely do think there was, I remember even, you know, like reading To Kill a Mockingbird. And that's obviously like a very like difficult, um, difficult book to read with the whole racism issue. But I had um, a teacher and he always made me read the book, even like say the N word, because he didn't want anyone else to say it because it's bad enough if someone else, I feel like he thought that it would be easier for me to say it than for someone else to say it. And in a way, I understand what he was doing because I had really immature and really ignorant people in my class. And if they said it, then everyone would be looking at me seeing like, oh my God, what's her reaction like? And the focus would be on me and someone would be laughing. Whereas if I said it, everyone kind of just pretended it didn't happen. So, so yeah, it, it, it's just like, the, it's like just really like strange things you kind of think back on and be like, oh, that was actually my experience. But even in university, I was the only, there was only like one other black guy in my class and it was never a division um, in terms of like you were saying that your teachers or your lecturers ask like, oh, what are your perspective from a black person? Like, yeah, unless someone else had a, you'll know that they'll have a really, really different perspective. Like essentially if you knew that they grew up somewhere else, you can be like, oh, what was the media kind of like in? Yeah where they grew up or the perception of people but to um pinpoint them as a person I feel like that's that's probably where I draw the line yeah, the yeah. Time, they're, they're still human like you're a human being first yeah oh my god I just like I suppose like I'm just like overwhelmed like listening to your stories and like I just want to say like that I'm sorry like I am so sorry at what you have gone through as a black woman because of us as white people. And I just think it's important to say that, like, it's shocking and I'm so sorry. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is difficult, like, now, because obviously this has been happening, you know, in that sense. And, like, obviously people were so, like, ignorant or oblivious that this was happening. And people were, like, the Black Lives Movement isn't something that was... Um, like it wasn't recently started like this this black Lives movement started like years ago and it's only because I definitely feel with the whole situation there was like a catalyst or a dominoes effect with do you remember the lady Amy Cooper and she um, was in Central Park and to give some background I'm sure everyone has seen the video but um, there was a guy who's a black man who was bird watching this dog wasn't on the lead she told the white woman to put her dog on the lead and she said no essentially and she got her phone on and said, I'm going to say that there's an African-American man threatening me. Um, that was, I mean, she lost her job. She lost her dog. And then um, the murder of George Floyd, the murder of um, other people as well. And it was definitely like a domino effect. And I think that's how, um, and obviously with this whole like coronavirus, I think a lot more people were like at homes invested. Everyone was like watching social media. Everyone's like listening to the news. And I feel like that's how it became such a big thing. And I feel like now people are starting to realize. And um, I mean, it's like everyone's saying sorry and I apologize. And like that, that's obviously like a, like, you know, like a great sentiment. But at the same time, like we just need to make sure that um, going forward, like, like we keep saying, we're educating ourselves and we're calling out racism when we see it. Like we're not letting the little things slide anymore. Yeah. And I think... I definitely feel that it's like, you know, like I feel that like question it myself of like, what would I do in certain situations and have I let it slide in the past? 
and correcting that to make sure that that never happens again. Um, so is there anything you would like to leave us on before we finish up? Uh, I would just say to everyone um, listening in to this podcast right now, um, if you are, if you do see any racism, call it out, call it out to your friends or call them out, call your friends out, call your family out, definitely educate um, the young people today. Um, even if it's like, like really young children, if it's like girls, I don't know, buy them a black dolly, buy them a white dolly, buy books that have black people in them so they're not shocked when they go into school and they start crying. Like we really, really need to do more um, as a society to, because like being black is not a crime. Being white is, is, is it's like, I feel like that white people need to realize like they have the upper hand here. And like we've been fighting for so long and hopefully there will be like a cultural shift this time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Barbara. I like, you're just such a beautiful soul and thank you so much for coming on to talk to me today. And I really hope that, you know, your words reach people through this platform. Um, and thank you all for listening and I will chat to you soon.